into the contest. It's Tuesday the 18th of January. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shane, and look, over the past few weeks, you and I, we've been on the road. I'm down at Port Ferry at the moment, have been down here for a few days down on the... Uh, well, well, you'd have to call it the Great Ocean Road. We went out to the, the Twelve Apostles and the the Bay of Martyrs and the Grotto, and look, all wonderful. The, the kids do like a little bit of a tussle, don't they, from time to time? <laughs> how did you, how did you go with uh, the, the the Griswolds on the road, the Lees on the road? Uh, well, what we did this year, we went down, as we know, we went down the south coast. So we took mm. we took two cars to divide the three <laughs> to, to divide the three kids up, and it actually it worked a treat. And uh, apart from the fact that petrol's a dollar eighty something a litre, um, it was very much worth it to, uh, and it was, it was quite blissful on the way down, mate. There was no fighting. Oh, to keep the Zen, two cars. Yeah, that's <laughs> not a bad idea. All right, now we have a wonderful charity auction running for the Cooper Rice Braiding Foundation, who raise funds for important cancer research. There are some amazing things to buy, including a signed Wallabies jersey, so check it out, afternoonsport.com forward slash auction. Have a look at them all, some fantastic items and some great prices. Today, Virat Kohli, why he resigned. Pat Cummins gives his verdict on Justin Langer, and Novak Djokovic, we know he's gone, but everyone continues to talk about it. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care, targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. So Shane Virat Kohli, uh, look, it's a difficult job, even if you're the best player in the world to captain the Indian cricket team. And he's opened up about why he decided to give it away, the captaincy in the end. Yeah, look, you're very right to me. I think to be captain of the Indian cricket team, what people don't understand, it is a, a totally consuming role and it does have a limited lifespan. Um, he took on the BCCI and the president in particular, basically calling him a liar and uh in no, in no in, uh, in certain terms there, and um, and really put the pressure on himself for the South African tour. We saw how he boiled over and yelling into the stump mics during that tour, and, and the loss eventually two one to South Africa. So, yeah, he's um, I think he's basically stood down before he got the bullet because uh, I think that the BCCI, if you stand up against them, they have long memories of those guys, and they would have sacked him anyway. Yeah, t- tough job, awfully yeah. difficult job. Now, Pat Cummins, uh, look, it's not an easy job being Australian captain, but he's making it look easy. He's won four out of five, and he should have won the last one mm. if a couple of catches were taken, just down to one ball. Uh, he's remained fairly tight-lipped on Justin Lang. Everyone else has given their opinion. Steve Waugh came out in a social media post the other day as a massive supporter of Justin Langer, as we know. Yeah, well, Steve Waugh's been a massive supporter of Justin Langer throughout his whole career, and I really support him when he was captain. Um, it was quite interesting, Pat, Com- Pat Cummins' comments 
after the Melbourne test match was sort of when asked, should Justin Langer continue, he said, look, I'm not going to answer that just yet. We're going to get through the series and we'll discuss that at the end of um, the, the series itself. After the win in Hobart, he sort of said, well, we all, we all love JL. Um, and he's still not saying that he has his support. He's just saying it's above my pay grade. Mm. So he's sort of passing the buck there. Um, but this is all the other stuff that has to go with captaincy for Pat Cummins. Not only does he have to take wickets, step up and get the wickets when we, when we actually require them, he has to lead the team. Um, it's all the additional pressure of, of the media and all these questions he has, has to answer on an ongoing basis. Yeah, it was interesting throughout the Sydney Cricket Ground Test match, and, and I did a lot of work, as you know. I work with the SCG interviewing different mm. players, past players, and in every interview question session, uh, answer question session where, where people would ask questions from the audience, invariably the Justin Langer question came up. Mm. And almost to a man, they all said, well, it's time. And, and, and it was a really interesting analogy that one of the players made that – uh, he was a great wartime leader. So when they needed some help um, <laughs> facing the battle after South Africa, he was perfect. But now it's peacetime. You need someone who can just go with the flow a bit more. Yeah, he's a Winston Churchill of cricket. He, um, yeah, it's really that's a really good comment, I, I think. And look, we have to remember that whilst he has won a T20 World Cup, he won this Ashes series. We had a we got flogged last year against India out here. And the team was very unsettled. They seem to have gelled well together to to have this victory. It's going to be the big test, the subcontinent. So if Justin Langer will go, I think, as coach on that tour, um, Australia will be under, under serious pressure. Playing spinners in Pakistan and, and the subcontinent, how they bat, there'll be a lot of pressure. It won't be a 4-0 win over there, that's for sure. Uh, when he comes back from that, I think it'll be very, very clear whether he stays on or not. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think mm. Trevor Bayliss is is just cherry ripe for the job. Early sixties, done it all, um, calm, uh, and he's got the link to Pat Cummins as well. So I, I just he he looks like such a glaring option to take over. Now Cameron Green, he really did play well, particularly in those last couple of test matches, getting a few runs. His confidence was up. He's fantastic in the gully with those hands and bowls over 140 Ks. And uh, look, the record books are, are saying how good he is as well early on. Yeah, look, no other Aussie has scored more runs and taken more wickets at a lower average than Cameron Green already in his first big series. 13 wickets at 15.76. Mm. He scored 228 runs at 32. Look, he scored two really good 70s there as well and, and could have easily turned them into hundreds. He will do that over time. Um, as a, a former all-rounder myself, I know how hard it is to get both facets of your game working well at the same time, let alone dealing with the pressure of a big series like that and getting your fielding right. Um, he slipped straight into that gully position, as you said, Tim, and look, he's just going to get better and better and better. And uh, I think they will slowly work him into the one-day team. Um, you wouldn't want to push him too hard into the T20 team just yet because his workload will be huge. But he's bowling at that height. It's just good pace, and and he'll bowl really, really well in the subcontinent as well. I think. Yeah, and um, that batting, I tell you what, he's he's quite compelling, isn't it? When yeah. uh, we're going to see some interesting things with him over the next twenty months, and and batting over in England as well. Now, speaking of England, Jonathan Agnew, who was out here. Uh, commentating for the BBC slash ABC has come out and said that the county championship should 
be overhauled to save the English cricket team. This discussion happens every time England come out to Australia mm. and lose and they go about how bad the county championship is. Look, there's no doubt there's 18 county teams. How many years has it been going for? Yeah, it's just <laughs> not, nine, 1987 they've been saying this. <laughs> um, we need to review it, but they have 18 county teams um, that basically control the structure of English cricket. Um, and with 18 teams across that sort of um, number of players, the, the, the strength isn't there. They're saying reduce that to 10 teams and make uh, make it more competitive and, and a stronger domestic competition. But that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen, Tim. I'll discuss it, but the county structure won't change. Yeah, and look, I, I think you'll see a lot more players from this year on. The last couple of years have been, uh, you can't really take it as a model. A lot of more international mm. players will play in the county championship because I think that the numbers lowered a little bit because of what was going on around the world. But uh, you could see the advantage of Travis Head, who, of course, is the captain of Sussex and the way he batted in Bell Reeve because um, he knew the mm. conditions, he's used to the conditions, and uh, he got player of the series. Uh, now, the, the Matilda squad... Um, They've taken a really attacking view uh, with this squad for the Asian Cup. Of course, this next 12 months, really important for for Kerr and Gustafsson because we do have the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand next year. We do, mate. And Teddy Gustafsson um, uh, named his squad all but two, and he said he would name those final two, which he has done now. Mm. Um, most people thought he'd go with a forward and a back, um, yeah, just give him a bit of balance, and he's come up with two forwards. Um, uh, Courtney Vine and Holly McNamara are, are two strikers with you know, uh, goal-scoring abilities. So uh, it's a real, as you said, a real positive move um, from the Matildas there, and they're going out to, to win this and be aggressive, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, all the tennis, the joker in the pack, of course, Ash Barty, a demolition job for her, and uh, some interesting NFL news. So John McEnroe, he was never on the back foot when he was playing tennis. Uh, he's come out, look, um, I can follow a bit of what he's saying, but then he sort of went off track a little bit by saying he thought that some stories were made up about Novak. I think that his original comments um, about the fact that it should be black and white play into mm. what you've been saying the whole time, that, you know, they should be black and white rules if mm. you're not and you're not vaccinated, and that's the rule, don't come and don't get allowed to come in to start with rather than this massive circus. 100%. And John McEnroe has basically said to the Australian government, you cannot be serious. Um, <laughs> you cannot. You cannot be serious. And, and that's the thing, I think, Timmy, is that uh, it, it should have been black and white. If you're not vaccinated, don't even bother coming. It's just sort of the way that this world that we live in, particularly in Australia now, it's that all, there's all this red tape mm. and you've got to jump through these hurdles and and these hoops and that sort of stuff. And no one's really, really clear. No one wants to make decisions anymore. Um, and we've seen that from our, from the top down, from from Scott Morrison. Um, and it just makes it hard. Look, Novak Dokovic is facing a three-year ban also off the back of this mm. in Australia. And, and that's going to move on now. Looking at potentially the French Open, which I think we're going to talk about next, is that he may miss out on actually playing that as well now. Yeah, well, well, the French, we've heard uh, Emmanuel Macron, they've been very much on the front foot, lots of protests over there. But mm. they have fairly strong mandates in and around 
around their workplaces. And, uh, yeah, a story emerged yesterday about how Djokovic is going to face a real hurdle at the French Tennis Open. And you would imagine that other tournaments around the world may uh, have this as well. Um, it might only be for this year with, with things sort of changing, but uh, mm. we'll have to watch that space with interest. Ash Barty, that was a brilliant win by her. She did it quick. She did it sharp. She was, uh, she was in a frame of mind, wasn't she? Mate, I got the kids fed early last night and I put on the Ash Barty match and I thought I'm going to settle in and watch this. Well, 54 minutes later, the game was over. She smashed Alicia Serenko, 6-love, six 6-1. Six it was just world-class Ash Barty. She's here to win and um, you can't get a better start than that. Good on you, Ash. Yeah, well done to her. John Millman had a win. I watched that Isla Tom Janovic mm. game late and uh, it just became a bit too much for her against the world number eight. Yep. She she battled well in the first set and then lost the second set, six love. But some, uh, look, a pretty good first day. Kyrgios is uh, on court today. We saw a win for Sebastian Korda and uh, this uh, Alex Vukic scored a big win too, didn't he? He did, mate. He's, he's a wildcard entrant um, and he beat uh, number 30 seed South African uh, Lloyd Harris mm. in five sets. So it was a real tough win. Just, um, I just want to mention uh, that Sebastian Korda Quarter, who also won, he beat uh, the world number 43, Cameron Norrie, 6'3", 6'love, 6'4". The Quarter family, they had an unbelievable talent. I didn't realise. His dad, Peter Quarter, won the Australian Open doubles 24 years ago. He's got two sisters who are absolute superstar golfers, um, Nellie and Jessica, and they both won the Women's Australian Open in golf. Mm. Um, mate, that's a seriously talented family, isn't it? It sure is. It sure is. Yeah. I can't even put the ball in the wicket in the backyard cricket. Now, AFL, <laughs> no changes of rules in the AFL, but uh, we've seen a document saying that a couple of rules will be heavily, heavily watched. And this happens in, in both AFL and league. They'll uh, get to the start of a year and say, well, we're going to crack down on this. And you know what? This is why the AFL are the number one sporting uh, body in this country. Um, the big rule that they're looking to change is to really target time wasters and penalise them for that in 2022. While every other game in this country, including cricket and rugby league and rugby union, is slowing down due to you know going to the third umpire, to the to the bunker, etc. AFL is speeding the game up. Very, very smart. And look, looking at the NFL, um, that was a huge loss to the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. I know my, my eldest son, Joey, is a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, so he wasn't happy with the way <laughs> the 49ers uh, got over the top of them. But many of the fans weren't happy either. No, they were starting to throw rubbish at the, at the players on the on the paddock, mate. This is, we've spoken about this before, Tim. It's a real issue with um, players' um, security and protection on the field. Not only the players running on the field and potentially we saw what happened to Monica Sellers getting stabbed many years ago, but mm. just throwing missiles at them when they're walking off the paddock, it's uh, it's not a good look and someone will get seriously injured. You're probably in a better situation being an NFL player because you've got a helmet on, but saying that, it can still uh, do some damage. Yeah, it was a bit like Wally Lewis and uh, mm. and, and uh, when he came down to Sydney, he got things thrown at him and then all the New South Wales Origin players back in those days at Lang Park, they were full cans of beer <laughs> being thrown. Well, someone, someone who always kept his calm, God rest his soul, a uh, wonderful man. Um, you got a tale about him today, Richie Benno. I love this guy and I love this story. It, it goes back to when he, in his playing days, he was a captain of New South Wales and the Australian team and he had his... Um, when you walk into the members uh, the members area and you go into the, the home dressing room, Richie Benno had the first sort of locker on the left as you walk in the door. 
and that was his spot as captain. And he had a routine after every match. He would do the media. He would then go and have a shower. He'd come out of the shower, put his brill cream on um, with his hair, and he'd had his beautiful linen suit and white shirt hanging up. And the last thing he used to do after he put his suit and did his hair on, he had these slides and he had them in a, sitting next to each other on the ground. Well, the guys knew his routine, so they nailed his slides into the floor because <laughs> of the wooden floor. And as he put on his suit, linen suit, the last thing he did, he slipped into his little slides and went to walk up. He said, I'll see you later, boys. And he's, he stripped straight up. <laughs> his, his shoes were stuck to the ground. He hit his head on the deck. Oh. And, uh, no, apparently no one ever owned up to it, Timmy, but uh, a very, very funny sight and a, and, a ver- oh. and a very funny visual of the great man walking, hitting his head covered in brill cream. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors in Main Haircare. That's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.